This is Bleeding TV, the only podcast for today's best shows and movies. I'm Zach. And I'm Jake. And I'm Cash. And I'm Kelly. <laughs> there it is. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest to be our fourth host tonight, and that is the wonderful Kelly Choi. She is a, yeah. Uh, she is an Emmy winning host and producer and uh, major foodie and just a pop culture you know fanatic as well as a Bleed TV fan. And, Absolutely a fan of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and we are extremely happy to have you on the show and to talk Westworld is. It's a, a dream come true for Cash. It um, really is. Oh, <laughs> I mean, you know what? Takes I every once in a while. Back, She's though. super busy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to take two seconds to say that what I love about this podcast is, of course, there are so many Westworld podcasts out there, and I fumbled upon yours one lucky day, and what was so infectious and great about you guys is that you just, you, you're super detail-oriented, and you go through the show, and you have your style, but you're really, you guys have a lot of fun with it. And when I hear you guys laughing and, you know, ultimately this is pop culture. It's, it's, it says a lot, sure, about our society and all that. But ultimately we should have fun and that's what you guys do and that's what I love about Bleed TV. Well, good. Then we're coming off exactly how we want it to. Yes. Great. Yeah, I mean, um, we we could have asked for a better... Uh, yeah, really. I'm kind of drooling. Anybody got a napkin? Yeah, a little rundown <laughs> right there. Right? <laughs> that's the show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it was a great night, you know. Um, but yeah, I appreciate that, Kelly. It means a lot. That's kind of that's the as we always say, it's the best paycheck in the world to hear somebody say they enjoy our show, and totally. so that's what we're all about. But uh, to speak of shows, tonight is Westworld. This is season two, episode three. It was called all right, Virtue e Fortuna. Was that what? You, that's very good. For me. Very good. I mean, like I'm willing to bet there's probably a much better present pronunciation, but considering yeah. that we're in Mississippi, that is pretty damn good. Hey, <laughs> my uh, ninth grade Latin teacher would have been proud. There you go. There you go. What what's the title about though? Was that the password that ended up working? What what is man? I, I actually have no idea. Well, I mean, like <laughs> virtue at fortune. That's just uh, Kelly. Any ideas lucky, what the it? title meant to you? I did look this up. I mean, I was reading some stuff about the the title because it, it of course you know gives us a clue into what this episode is all about. But it's um, based off of Machiavelli's The Prince which is basically a principle about how to be, like, the best ruler, right? Okay. So virtue is, um, I read something today basically saying that it was written in Italian, Machiavelli was Italian, and the word virtue is apparently mentioned, like, something like 89 or 85 times, don't quote me exactly, but in the prince itself, it's mentioned that many times, yet when, we, when it was translated in English, there was never a perfect word that apparently captured exactly what it meant in Italian, but it's a derivative of like self-reliance or um, ability, strength, you know, the, the, the talent that someone has, that's virtue. And then Fortuna, which sounds like, you know, fortune is luck. So it's, um, they, they, they're kind of in opposition with each other, but yet a good ruler supposedly has to have both to be a great, you know, leader. Well, to me, that just makes it sound like that's describing Dolores' situation. Yeah, right. Know. And Maeve at yeah. times, I would say. Even yeah, you could even say Maeve, Maeve as well. Like Maeve is becoming really lucky by her situation, but Dolores right. is very concise and cunning and making strategic moves. Uh-huh. For all you know, that means one and the other, like the yin and the yang is what the title is of the two girls. Uh-huh. I can see that. You know what I mean? But so, like Maeve, like they just didn't give her many leadership things in this episode. Yeah, I wouldn't say she was right. too lucky this yeah. episode, that's for sure. But I don't know. Uh, uh, they're never easy answers in Westworld, so. 
Yeah. yeah. No. Live, live digging, as Kelly just proved by having this surf, Machiavelli's the prince, and then <laughs> yeah. seeing how many times they appeared in print and whatnot. <laughs> We're going to pay you double for what yeah, you're getting from this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's just dive into the show, man. I'm just salivating here. This is a cold open, which is only the second time this has ever done it. And we go right into Raj World, which is the British settlement of India. Um, I got a huge mummy vibe. I don't know about y'all, but like that was the closest thing that I saw resembling oh, the opening of. Were this. you hoping Brendan Fraser was going to run a out little there bit? Like, Brendan Fraser killed it. I mean, golly. Um, anyway, we'll get back to the show. Thank you, Cash. And well, um, I, mean, <laughs> I had to double check to make sure I was watching. Have you guys seen him in Trust? In Trust? Is he no. back? Yeah, he's back. He's doing Trust. Wait. He's got the cowboy hat on, doesn't he? He does. I mean, I don't think uh, too many people are watching Trust. I kind of have been here there. But um, he's supposedly trying to to make a comeback. So speaking of uh, the mummy and Brenda Fraser, I'd love to see the size hat for that big swollen head of his. <laughs> Lord, probably like a ten three ten and three quarters. Oh Maybe. Jesus, Barry Bonds hat. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. So the Indian world. We have two new characters we've never seen before. We have a guy who's on a balcony, notices a pretty girl at the table. They interact with each other. It leads to a conversation, thus leading to a passionate exchange and to a, to a bedroom. Uh, to, uh, then she makes him prove that he's human by shooting him with a, this with, is a, a very specific handgun. This is a... Um, but it's a, it's a world gun. Yeah. yeah. And so the bullet <coughs> detection is still on and everything, and so that's why it just bounces off of him. Yeah. It's because Correct. he is human. But this is new. This is a new scenario where two guests are bored of hosts, and they only want each other's company. You know what I'm saying? They want they want true sin. They want yeah. guest company instead of having the sure thing, like she says. I didn't even look at it like that. I want to be honest with you. I, I just thought that uh, she was making sure that Westworld wasn't trying to get more information out of her. I saw it was more of a pair of Noia than anything. Yeah. Oh, no. I thought I- this was people only wanting to deal with hosts. Huh. I mean, guest. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's... uh, Is that what you were getting, Kelly, or...? You know, I think, Cash, I was more along the lines of what you were saying in that... I I mean, I definitely felt like... I watched the first run... I've watched it twice now, and I always watch my shows with closed captioning, and they named the guy. They named him Nicholas. Now, I don't think they... I saw the girl's name, but when I was reading up on, like, Westworld sites, Delos' sites, her name is apparently Grace. Yeah, that's correct. They never gave her so, a name in the show, but yeah, in the credits. Which, uh, yeah, but IMBD, I had it too. But um, I definitely felt like Nicholas, our, our first gentleman guy, was very keen on getting to know this supposed Grace. But I felt more that she was super jaded. She was... Um, I'm not sure if wary is the right, the right word, but she was definitely like, listen, like, what the F do you want? Sort of. Until, of course, they, you cut straight away to the bedroom scene, like Zach was saying. But um, she definitely seemed like she knew what the place was about or she had at least been there before. And I, I feel like Nicholas was, I mean, because he was sort of, you know, trying to say, like, what were you doing here? Are you on the safari for Bengals? And, um I definitely got the vibe more that he was interested in, like, you know, let's let's get it on with another human being or, you know, host or whatever. He just wanted some excitement, and I felt like she was a bit over it. She, until... she came off to me as being there a long time and him being a new guest. Because uh-huh. he, showed, he showed signs of being novice, 
and where she showed several signs of being bored and had been there for long periods of time. And one of the big theories and one of the first ones we can talk about is, is who she is. And one of the theories that a lot of people are throwing out there um, is that she's possibly one of two or three people. Um, she could be the men in black Williams daughter. She could be, you know, Delos, you know, per, you know, a descendant of Delos, like a daughter or somebody. Um, or she could be, uh, an agent for, um, some other faction, you know? Um, and I don't personally, I think she has a, a lot to her character. There's a reason they showed that she's, you know, like men in black, she's mm-hmm. tired with the place and she knows way too much. And, her only excitement was dealing with somebody who's not there to appease and do everything you want. Um, so to me, I think she's pivotal. I just don't really have a sense of where or who she might be because Men in Black's daughter is supposedly Emily. Or this right. show could just be telling you Grace just to throw us off but because mm-hmm. they never named her in the show. Yeah, so, so I mean, I, I think there's still holding that think? off. I don't know. I, I got the strange vibe of like the man that's drugged to the, the mall with his wife. And is stuck out there holding a purse. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Almost like, like her husband comes to the park all the time, brings her along, and she's just bored as shit of doing this all the time. And I thought maybe she's like, well, I'll hunt tigers because I can, you know, get away from my husband and get everything. Get away from my husband. Do something fun, interesting, instead of what he normally wants me to get involved with. I don't know. I'm probably way off base, but. I mean, she's definitely been there a few times. Like, that much we can gather. But the and jaded word that Kelly said, that fits. fit perfectly to yeah. me. So. Well, because, like, there's a lot of theories that she was a younger Teresa or something, or even possibly her daughter. She looks like Teresa. Looks yeah, she kind of Strikingly similar. Has a lot of the same tendency. Her hair's, like, pretty much the exact same color, wavy. Timeline yeah. doesn't fit, though. It doesn't fit, like, not, in not the slightest. But, like... There's, I feel like there's some kind of relation just because the personalities are so fitting. All right. Well, does anybody think this is just truly to show us why the Bengal tiger in the Absolutely water? Absolutely not. I think there's way more to this than just oh, showing us. To this us, girl, yes. Yeah, there's way more to than but, just giving us background for our tiger. But it could, yeah. it could easily be just to show us the fact that we now know there are three parks. Yes. You know, the Asian or... Shogun World. Shogun World what it's being called. was um, kind of hinted at in the trailer, mm-hmm. but not this, you know, Scene. the, what's, what's it Raj called? Raj World. Raj World. Is that yeah. what it's called? Yeah, it's R-A-J. Oh. Okay, that wasn't teased. No. But this was, so it's kind of like, maybe they're just showing you how expansive this, this, part, you know, part this area is, you know. Right. And uh, we actually know that this Raj World is Park 6, because I think it was... The opener in season two, where Stubbs says this tiger is from Park Six. Correct. That is true. That That is absolutely correct. So if we've now seen three, it's uh, TBD as to what the other three will be. So that was pretty interesting. Uh, Well, I mean, there's still potentially seven. I I think for some reason, I think there's seven worlds. I don't know why, Hmm. but I thought I saw that number floated somewhere. I could be wrong though. Yeah. And the interesting thing about the Raj world um, is that I was looking up some stuff about Raj, and apparently the region, there's a, a region in India called Rajasthan, and that's bordering the northwest between India and Pakistan. And that is one of the last few locations in India where you can actually go on Bengal tiger safaris and hunts. Now, at that time, I guess, what what is this, like the the turn of the century sort of yeah. thing? It was British yeah, yeah, colonial. Yeah. 
So I guess that's why Delos and Westworld kind of and is calling it Raj World or Rajasthan, perhaps for short. That makes Ooh. total sense. Total, it, total it, sense. It makes total sense in this era of political correctness, yeah. too, to yeah, pick yeah. a city that still allows Bengal tiger hunting instead of picking a city that's like, hey, you're putting us in a bad light. Yeah. We right. don't do that shit anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> you can't hunt Cecil the Lion here. Get out of there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we're sorry. All right. So they end up, they get done with their thing, and they get on these elephants, which were cool as hell. Oh, wait. Hold on. Like, if a girl needs to shoot you with a gun to sleep with you, like, are you still going to want to have anything to do with that? Because I was just like, there's no way. If someone's like, I got to shoot you, I'm out. Uh, I'm gonna be that honest. guy was hard up for her, though. He, yeah. he, like, he wanted her. But Okay, yeah. but Kelly, so if a guy wants to shoot you to prove... Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Like, I, I don't know. What you might find is a disturbing kink that you could be like, I have to be shot before I can have sex with anybody now. <laughs> I think that would be even worse. Like, Hold on, guys. I, I need a bulletproof you know, vest that, that is a great point, though, because the fact that she needs to shoot him to know for sure whether or not he's really into her or whether or not he's a host. I think it gives more credence to that idea that she could be man in black's daughter because that would sort of explain why she's, you know, over it. Like she wants to know for sure. I mean, we'll get to it. I think in a minute, but the fact that she was able to run away and kind of know where the edge of the park was, it seemed to, to give us the idea that she knew where to go pretty you know, like, it, I can't imagine if I was running from something, I don't care if it's a Bengal tiger or whatever, I can't imagine that I'd be able to run, you know, pretty quickly to the edge of the park and get out of there. And she seemed pretty confident in knowing, like, what was up. Yeah, it's so, almost she was running off of instinct instead of, like, right. stumbling around. Yeah, there, there was no doubt about that. Um, and even though they call her Grace, the age seems like it could work uh, that she could be Man in Black's daughter. Yeah, I mean, I this mean, we'll is very course. easily, what, 30 years? I mean, what, 35 years since Bernard died? And right. so she's, what, at least 40, you would say, roughly? I don't know. Maybe. She maybe. Could be I don't know. Well, I mean, because... Yeah. Maybe. I don't know about 40, I'm thinking but 30, definitely. maybe. Well, like the thing 30. is, like the reason I was saying 40 was because I don't think she was alive before Bernard died. Like, I think she was mm-hmm. born after Bernard, so it probably is younger. Yes, I mean Bernard well, died 35 years ago, so I hope I look that good at 40. <laughs> yeah, good <laughs> <I> lord. <know>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're so halfway there. You're they get to they get the elephants. They move on to these tents where you know I guess before the hunt. They have the um, the safari hats, which I think are ridiculous, but whatever. And they get down, and all of a sudden, the hosts all disappear. She immediately realizes something's off. This is another reason where I feel like she has a ton of experience. Yes. The guy's yeah. not really sure about it. And they come across some older um, guests that have been shot and killed. And only the guide comes up with a double-barrel rifle, uh, thus killing her companion. Yeah. And she knew the guides by name. Correct. Yeah, Ganju. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, Ganju, no. Fantastic name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Poor Nicholas. Like he's thinking this is like an extensive game of Clue or something. Yeah, There's really. Like, <laughs> right back there. <laughs> to me, I wonder, I wonder if I wonder if it went before the bullet went through. I was like, does this mean I get laid again? Yeah. You oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I already know what to do. I'll just lay here. Don't worry. Well, he says maybe they're just giving us some privacy. <laughs> right. Right. All right, so he gets shot. She grabs this double-barrel shotgun. Sawed off. Let's sawed go. Off, that has got this enormous cartridge in it and blows the this. 
I mean, this host's face completely in half. Yeah, loved it. Brutal. It was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. Uh, you yeah. see the circuitry <laughs> underneath and everything. I was like, yeah, yes. it was excellent. This was it was, excellent. It was really good. And it's um, like, what kind of, what was that? Because that wasn't a shotgun shell that she was shooting. No, it was like an elephant gun, but it sawed off. <laughs> yeah. Why somebody would have an yeah. elephant gun sawed off? And not only that, which that's the one thing about it is, is if she pulled that trigger, that thing would have made her like do yeah. hula hoops through the she, air. She'd have been eating that barrel <laughs> at least. <laughs> That is a hand cannon. Like, that thing is out of socket. And... Yes. I mean, I couldn't hold that thing two-handed and shoot it without you know making my teeth chicklets. I can just, I mean, no way. I mean, so yeah, that what? was a little disappointing. But then again, a lot, most of the handguns in the show don't kick like they normally do when a real gun is fired. So if you want right. to say consistency from that way, you could say that way. Um, anyway, what did you guys think of the, the elephants? Did you, when I saw those two elephants, because the shot was so beautiful, we kind of came into that from really far away. And then I thought of, uh, El Lazo, the old El Lazo Gus Fring, AKA from the episode before where he tells that, the, the elephant story. And I was thinking, oh, you know, like when Nicholas and this grace, when those, when those two characters Right before they they arrive at this tent or whatever, you see those two elephants and they're so obedient. You know, they're like bending down really gracefully and sweetly. And I immediately thought, okay, is there some like double meaning here with the elephants and how they they do as they're told? They're so big, but yet they're so you know I, obedient I, because that whole steak story with the uh, old El Lazo came to mind. Well, I mean, that steak story from everything I've ever read was true. Because like, I just remember reading about that yeah. steak story a long time ago. But, I mean, I just think elephants are obedient creatures once you train them. Well, yeah. until they get super pissed and well, yeah. crush you. <laughs> crush everyone in the audience. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. The only thing I thought about them elephants is, is like, God, if my big ass is on that thing, that thing would fall off the side and I'd break the shoulder. <laughs> That's all I thought about the entire time. As beautiful as they were, I was like, there's no way my big ass would get up on that thing. That elephant would be tossing me. You wouldn't ride an elephant if given the opportunity? I don't, man, I'm telling yeah, you. I wouldn't. I have. You, you I have? have? I've ridden one once. Oh. How is it? it I, I, I rode one once in thailand and it was i think it was for like a like a two-hour ride and i remember they, they put like this basket thing on top of you and by the end your butt is so freaking sore because when the elephant huge elephant's walking it's like massive movement up and down back you would be fine you would not be tossed around i mean if anything your your back and your spine is kind of effed up but um they are definitely huge beasts and then they're they're gentle because wow. like you said they're trained but yeah i mean yeah, you're still I like, like wow. sitting on a two-ton animal so yeah. okay your street cred is steadily rising um that's good <laughs> stuff all right so she's running through the woods and all of a sudden the bengal tiger shiva yeah. from the walking dead arrives <laughs> okay um guy all right we, when you watch Shiva on The Walking Dead, then we kind of use that as the standard, which would say is at best is a 6.970 on CGI for a tiger. How do you think this Shiva compares when it comes yeah. to CGI? Uh, if it's coming from my point of view, I'm hugely disappointed in this tiger. Yes. Yeah. I, I like uh, the opening headshot like with it still in the brush in and the everything. Brush, yeah. But after that, it was, a, it, was a, it was a letdown. Here's what bothers me. If anybody that's ever seen The Ghost in the Darkness back in the day, I yes. mean, what was that, a 90s movie? Movie still carries today. But the lions are damn near perfect in that movie. And you can't tell me we've 
digress this far backwards to this <laughs> terrible CGI on an HBO show which creates dragons that look and, amazing. And dire wolves with fur flowing in the wind and yeah. everything. To give me this just computer tiger made me ill. Oh, this, is, this was Microsoft <laughs> Paint at work right here. Yeah. This is what it was, man. Um, I mean, and maybe it's just because I've seen a real tiger, but it was just like, man. Good cash. You've seen a tiger. <laughs> Did I you was, ride it? Cash? <laughs> no, not quite. I pet it. Well, then you ain't shit. <laughs> I got in the same cage as it. It's like, Kelly's giving you the finger right yeah. now, dude. I mean, it's like, you, <laughs> know, you awesome. try to play catch up, but it's just like, God. How do you talk hey, riding an elephant? The adults are talking tough. Easy over there. <laughs> I'm going back in the corner after you guys. <laughs> All right. So, yes, the tiger to me was ultimately disappointing. She is able to reload the gun. And here, did, did anybody else think it was strange that she was had she had these cartridges in her pocket for this sawed off? I mean, they were no, going No, she grabs them. Yeah. She did grab them. Yeah, okay. she did grab a pile. Right, of them. I missed that. So, she's running. She goes outside the edge of the park like Kelly talked about, goes across this trip line. Well, like, right before she got there, she just like stops and just like, "Fuck." And I thought that was like the most perfect Thing yeah, you could that's have ever true said. <laughs> I was just like, what else do you do when you're running from a Bengal tiger? Just, uh. <laughs> just shit your pants. Yeah, yeah really. the best. Just let it run down your leg as you run. Um, so she gets down to this, and this is like a rock structure, like a dam, is what it looks like to me. And then she comes down to this edge. Of course, she's loading it. The tiger comes up. Now, this part right here, uh, this gives you a true size comparison of what the tiger looks like. Because mm-hmm. this is there's no brush, there's no running, it's not a fast at camera shot. She pulls the gun out. She shoots. It's a really poor CGI gunshot wound to it, um, <laughs> along with it running towards it. I'm just being straight up. This yeah. was one of the this, this was one of my gripes about the show. And when it when it jumps on her, okay, its head is twice the size of hers. Arms and everything are on the top of it, and takes it off into the water. Now, how far of a drop do you think this water is? Two hundred feet. I don't want to go that far, but I'd say, I would give it a hundred. I would yeah. say at least eighty feet. I'd give it a hundred feet. All right, Kelly. They definitely made it seem like it was super steep. Yeah. So if you have a 450, 500 pound tiger that has just jumped on you and you are going backwards into a, water, <laughs> a cliff, let's just a ballpark 100 feet down, you know, what are your odds of survival? Zero. Yeah, <laughs> and the mic has dropped, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, uh, but yet, yeah, I, I saw that too when I saw it the second time. The tiger's huge. I mean, right. it's like eight times the size of her. And the reason I bring that up is, is when she ends up on the water edge, yeah, there's a kitten that's dead next to her. <laughs> Literally a kitten. I mean, because when they walk up there and get close to it, it's, it's not tiny. even that's bigger true. than the guy who's looking at it. No. Okay, that's but that's true. That's it, true. Here's the thing: if you've ever seen a wet cat, they're way smaller than when they're, you know, fully fluffed up. I'm sorry, you didn't drop two hundred in the water. Okay, it's a lot of cardio. Oh, okay. <laughs> all I know is I want to know where this damn water yeah. is so I can go lose some weight. The poor little guy tuckered out halfway through. That, that was yeah, my ass. Okay, that now, kitten that was next to her that didn't work. But y'all brought up the trip line with the. Uh, the red laser. Yeah. The red laser. Do you think there's normally a barrier or a force field that prevents you from leaving or there's a consequence? And it's I think just it's just an alarm. Well, there's definitely not a force field because this <laughs> yes. is a Star Wars. But <laughs> this but, is... I mean, like, you could have, like, domes and everything. Like, normally, like, some kind of... <laughs> You're not giving me anything, huh? We've got terraforming worlds, and you won't give but, me a force field. But that's the thing. Force field. Okay. When, in the first episode, they come up on this, what they call, like, a sea, yeah. right? And then right. 
the guys that ride up, um, what's his name? Stubbs. Ashley. Uh, Ashley Stubbs. Um, <laughs> so, so where is the tiger washing up? No, they were driving along the lake and found the tiger, and then they kept driving to get to where they were at that peninsula. It's two different locations. Okay, so where Bernard washed up is not the same place that the tiger washed up? Correct. Okay, so are these bodies of water connected to where she was, to where all the floating dead bodies were? They're like, where'd this water come from? To me, they make it look seem like they drive a quite a distance. So to me, I would say no, or if they are connected, they are way different points of, of the park. Okay, well, where Teddy is floating with all the other ones, right? Correct, at the end of season episode one. Oh, so they, you're willing to admit it's Teddy now? Yes, I am willing to admit. <laughs> yeah. I have been told by everybody <laughs> and everything else that that is Teddy, which I still call BS, because if you look at his profile in the water, that does not look like him, okay? But whatever. But I, anyway, I digress. <laughs> you know. the, they don't know where this body of water came from. Correct. Correct. Which made me think, like, you know, this is a huge levee dam that's built. You know what I'm saying? I thought maybe that's where this was connected, on the other end. But it doesn't sound like it. It's just not clear. There's not enough to say definitively on any of that part and so on. So, I mean, that's just how it rolls up. Um, So, that's kind of the end of the cold open, is that when she gets up out of the water, you know, to me, she's probably thinking, I can't believe I survived. She's got three claw marks across her back from the tiger. Again, mm-hmm. I'm not real sure where the claw marks That's not even the cold open. That's later in the episode. When she goes yeah, off the, the cliff, end. that's the end of the cold that open. That is correct. Okay. Well, just finish up her part. When she comes out of that uh-huh. water, um, Ghost, Ghost Nation. Nation shows up. And, they're, and, they, and they take her. It's not, she's not immediately killed or anything. And once I saw Ghost Nation there, I was like, I'm just going to go back in the water. <laughs> like, y'all go back for a swim. Yeah, like. yeah, they're already holding the scalping blade, so doesn't look good. No, it does not look good, which we have some theories yeah. to talk about them later, but we'll wait till Maeve runs across them. Were later. you a little worried when she wound up with Ghost Nation, Kelly? Or were you just like, eh? You mean at the end when we see uh, this supposed Grace woman again? Yes. I'll tell you, I mean, she's obviously in trouble, but... Anytime Ghost Nation is on screen, I am down. Like, I just love looking at them. I love the way that their body paint is. Their their costumes are amazing. I know we're going to get there when we talk about Maeve, but... Oh, that I one in the river. I wreak havoc and, like, raise hell. The yeah. main one in the river looking at Maeve was wicked looking. Yes. Oh, my God. With the two red, like, palm... Yeah. Handprints on it. I was just like... Yeah, uh, it, it's the closest thing to an Indian Pennywise I've ever seen in my life. And... Um, so yeah. Ooh, that, that's a good. Yeah. And Native American Pennywise. Yes. Okay. There we we go. just saw Raj World, man. That's <laughs> Indians. <laughs> All right, PC man. Okay, Jesus. Just say it. Hey, my people are uh, hurt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when the episode, we do our normal intro. To me, I didn't see any differences in the intro. Did y'all see any differences in the intro? No. Be no. the same. Okay. I'll yeah. Look for that. All right, so when the episode starts from after the intro, we get the assault team comes up down the railroad tracks, and you know, of course, we had the train hole that's smoking, and the girl who had the little um, cards you were talking about in the last episode, yeah, or the first episode, comes up and says it's a slaughter. Uh, this is section something number. You know, it's all a lot's on fire, on fire, the whole nine yards. Uh-huh. Um, they go inside, and this is one of those things everybody noticed. I thought of was they. Uh, the doors open and it has the old Westworld logo on it. 
um, to me symbolizing that this is a much older quadrant or you know facility mm. of Westworld. Did y'all notice that? I did not watch. Yeah, I, I didn't did notice it. something in it, but I couldn't place it. But that's a good catch. It was an old one. I definitely yes. okay. It had the red lines inside yeah, the, the W. Yeah, I which, did see the red. Which is the old logo back when you used to see, you know, Arnold and all that yeah, other stuff. Like back when we ah. originally saw it and we were uh, theorizing with it. Right. So I think there's a reason we see this here, but I just I'm, I'm not I'm not picking it up. Um, Hale is inside when they're cleaning up like burnt bodies and different things, and she is surprised to see Bernard, and says, "Oh, you know, it's, it's surprised you made it out. Surprised you made it out of it. Didn't um, think you had the stuff." <clears throat> yeah, and um, during this exchange, there are several fans that have come out there and said that Charlotte Hale glitches uh, during this conversation um, where she pauses and her eyes twitch three times before she <laughs> speaks again. Now, I watched it two or three times, and to me, it just looks like an actor who's, okay, what my next line is, and then spits it out. Does that make sense? I didn't uh-huh. see what looked to be like a bona fide, eh, 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 you know, I'm glitching, yeah. you know, before I speak. Um, I mean, we see Abernathy have plenty of glitches. And, yeah. like, she, Charlotte didn't yeah. have anything like that. Yeah. But they also put the next scanner thing on her. Later on, yeah. yeah. Which, there was a long pause after that, too, though. You know, when she looked at it, she looked at yeah. it for several seconds, like, you just got your neck scanned. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm counting up to that. <laughs> Oh, Lord have mercy. Anyway, she yeah. she's like, I need the best guys you got, you know, and one of these flak jackets you're rocking. Like my biggest problem was how quickly they gave it to her, because I've never seen like a head of security just hand stuff over to the important person. Well, I mean, if... Well, hold on. Y- y'all, y'all are jumping. Y'all, you got to remember now. That's when later, she right? says later that, That's later. She, what she says is, and then you see Bernard have a flashback where he's wearing glasses, and, and he's walking with Hale when oh, they yeah, track yeah. Peter Abernathy. You're right. And then when they go up the hill and they see Patrick, Peter Abernathy, they see Simon, Steve Ogg, amazing actor, love the guy. You know. Um, so they see him, and you know he's talking, like, oh, I get $15 per, and... You know, and he's like, you know, he's one of them. And he goes, times nine. The guy's like, you know, so how, much well, how, how much is that? You know, I he know. Goes, well, there's 10 of them. And he goes, well, I might want to taste yeah. me one here, you know. Well, <laughs> to go back to like when Charlotte gets her, what timeline is that? That's later. So is that because the 11 she, days in the future? All right. Well, hold on. He, you flash back to Bernard where they find Abernathy, right? Yeah. Well, then at the end of that whole scene, she leaves Bernard behind on a horse. And then shows up by herself and gets scanned. Exactly. That's the timeline. That's the circle. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, but when they get, you know, they trick Steve Ogg's character. You know, I'm gonna keep calling him Simon. Um, you know, she calls for help, Trevor. gives him the finger, and then ta- he takes the stone across the back of the head. They hot wire him to make him where he's super sympathetic and compassionate, <laughs> and um, and very accurate. Yes, yes. gunslinger extraordinaire. He, he did what he called him, like the most compassionate gunslinger in yes. the West. Yes. Um, which I mean, again, this is where Stephen Ogg just steals the screen. Man, the guy is just so good. And goes out there and goes, you know how you treat a lady with gentleness and like you bow and shoots bow, you know. I mean, just greasing them right and left. Touch her harder than a rose, and you, you don't deserve her. Right, and so um, that was good. And so then, of course, the Confederates show up. He lets them go. You know, he talks. Oh, he had a great line where he says, "I couldn't let my something." 
what did he say when he when he told him? It's like he something he, about his like morals or some, something. Right, related like to his that consciousness like or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, and then he, like you said, and then he does the Clint Eastwood and takes five of them out. It doesn't now? Here's one thing about this: the leader of the group is the closest one to him, and he shoots the guy beside him, behind him, and then four to his <laughs> right, and leaves the guy closest to him alive before he runs off. Did any of that make sense to y'all? No. I think that's just that's the guy true. that auditioned for this part, and he's supposed to have at least three times on the screen. I mean, yeah. Yeah. before he takes five rounds. Before he, before he gets greased later. He was the director's third cousin. He got a few extra lines, uh, and, you know. I think he was a carpenter on the set. Yeah. <laughs> the grip. Exactly. The grip. Oh, my God. This is our stage grip. Yes. Uh, we decided to throw him a few lines. So they get Abernathy over there. And he's glitching, which, again, this actor is amazing. We've said this in season one. Um, he starts to sing. They're telling him, shut the F up. He won't do it. Two Confederates going up at him. Uh, Hale says, F this, and starts running like a champion up the hill. Um, they shoot at her at six or seven times. Don't really don't even come close. She's, she's a champion. Um, and then Bernard just raises his hands like, you got me. And that's that's that. You know what I mean? Did anyone else have a big problem with Hale leaving Peter? Her life depends on him. And separating yourself from that seems just like a bad idea. I, I don't know. She yes has, and no. Yes and no. She has a knowledge of the park that obviously a lot of these people don't. True. If she knows that there's some kind of bunker or whatever, entrance to the uh-huh. lab, anywhere nearby, you take your chances. You know what I mean? But I mean, there's still hosts, as we've seen with Maeve down there murdering people but she also knows that there is a team on the island they're not doing a rescue true but i think she's aware that there are you know Uh the security forces are on you know on site that's a lot of hoping and praying when you've got your goal right there well what do you do if you know that the host bullets can kill you and all you got is bernard to help you tackle this guy you've got the most compassionate gunslinger in the west (laughs) you chased after some chick yeah really um to me i'd run just because she was at the dinner party where they saw 150 guests mowed down and she's seen a trap or they could shoot him on site you just don't know what you're getting with to me i'd run so far that's the only way you've survived in the past is running um so I was fine with it. I didn't have a problem with that. Kelly, you okay with it? I mean, I guess so. I, I agree. I, I I imagine that she feels like she's going to come back with, you know, her QA responder team and, and all that. The, you know, those carts that don't have any doors on them. Like she's going to come back with all her might and her team. So I I guess, like Zach was saying, she was probably really freaked out from the, from the gala dinner the night before or whatever and was thinking screw that I'd rather live I'll come back I'll address this yeah, properly fight another day you know what I mean yeah fight okay. another day um, it cuts to where we get this enormous gun salute for the colonel to come out of Fort is it Fort it was something something hope you know forlorn hope. Hope. Forlorn, hope. forlorn yeah. hope which is, like you said she said that's an impressive intro and he had a cut down for her and he, she was like well if he knows what's best for him you're gonna listen you know and uh, basically, she tells him, I need your men. You listen to me, you, you'll see. She proves it by having Clementine bring uh, the guy they were burning his face up, put a P90 into his hands. and <laughs> If you can escape, 
you live. <laughs> and I had zero faith for this poor gentleman as he was trying to run away. Um, uh, I don't know if anyone else realistically yeah, no. could get away, but... He was a bullet sponge. There was no doubt. Um, as yeah, yeah. I like to call him all the time. And then did y'all notice the change in Dolores' accent when she switches it's from like gone, Dolores right? to Wyatt? Yeah, when she, uh, it's, it's, it's like a light bulb, you know, Wyatt, Dolores, whatever. It's like she goes from like a southern accent to just like a Midwest. But when she's doing the southern accent, she's doing like the southern bill. Yeah. You know, she's all sweet and, you know. <clears throat> it's got a long draw to it. Yeah, everything. she's, you know, she's floating around. But as Wyatt, she's dead serious. Direct. You know? mm-hmm. and like, yeah, it's not just her accent, but like her It's her attitude. Words. Yeah, everything about yeah. it changes. And I think that was something I didn't catch until like the mid switch right there. Yeah. So <clears throat> they go through the formalities. The colonel agrees. They set up the, the fort. And about that time, they bring in the prisoners, which happen to be Abernathy, some other people and Bernard. Um, Dolores says, I need to speak to this one alone. One guy gives him a little lip and Teddy comes over and gives him the haymaker of haymakers <laughs> uh, and puts him down, you know, uh, to which of course they let him take uh, Peter into a private room where, um, Dolores gets to talk to him. Um, during this exchange, this is probably one of the best acting scenes I've seen, you know, especially out of the actress for Dolores and the Peter Abernathy. It was pretty intense. I mean, I caught all the feelings like it during was, this scene. Like I was sad. I was happy. I was like, like, when you see the joy in her of talking to her dad, I was just like, man, I shouldn't have this emotion for two robots. Robots. You know, that's like Jake says all the time. The show doesn't make a great job of making you feel for something you shouldn't feel for. And it was just really... It, the writing is just so well done, man. It, and it's just delivered so well. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, then it leads to a scene where she's talking to Bernard. Um, Bernard just decides to try to diagnose what's wrong with Abernathy. And, um, you know, basically tells him that, you know, he's overloaded. He's got too much going on and he's trying and he's got a file that's encrypted and he, like, he can't figure out what it is at this time. Um, Kelly, what do you think Abernathy is accessing literally every character in the entire Westworld? In the entire Westworld? I mean, I guess just based off of what Bernard was saying to Dolores that he was like all of his past roles or whatever bouncing around the, re- guess, where the, the know, reverbs but no remember he's uploaded with some kind of information Hale uploads right. them with all of the information that they need out of the park yeah I don't know if that's the information that they've been collecting on guests or if it's all of the host's code because mm-hmm. you see him change to different characters Constantly. during their conversations mm-hmm. and, I, and Bernard also mentions that there's like a, a like a a splinter personality or something that's like a, a different I, I can't remember the exact word that he used but it was something like a thin or a splinter personality that's used to cover this huge encrypted file or whatever so he's got all his all of his other roles he's got that huge file plus this like extra whatever personality they, said it, they called it it was a masking profile yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it was masking okay. something though know, so he's kind of he's not able thing. to be one it's just a whole bunch of stuff masking whatever the super file is yeah i think the masking profile is the one that's saying i got to get to the train i got to get to the train yeah yeah that's that's them trying to say hey give him this personality and to get him out of here but he's Mm -hmm. accessing 
other personalities. Numerous, yes. And then either through the reverbs that Arnold wanted to implant through him, or like you said, it's uh, accessing other, other hosts, hosts personalities you know. and stuff, and that's what the information is. So I guess it just kind of depends what we think the information is. True, because if it's if it's guest info, he could be spouting off things that like guests have said that they've recorded. Oh, like a parrot or something. Right. Or if it's host info, then he's just basically other people's narratives he's spouting off. Right. Uh-huh. All right. It cuts away for a second, and we get a scene of Maeve, Hector, and what's the writer's name? I always forget. I, I just call Lee. him Lee. Lee Sizemore. It is Lee Sizemore. Lee, okay. Remember that last name, Sizemore. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> ha, <laughs> okay. Ha, ha, no, ha, ha, damn. <laughs> and then remember how, like, Maeve made him strip, so, yeah. you know, she's I always, like, ragging on We immediately got it. Trust me, we immediately. <laughs> You're talking to three guys. We immediately got it. <laughs> so, um, you all forget it now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, so Sizemore, Sizemore, he'll be always be called Sizemore now. I mean, yeah. Kelly, you have ingrained us anyway. Um, so they're walking across this creek again. This is when we have a Ghost Nation creepiest guy. Couple of them else. Well, I out. mean, Hector gives him a little bit of liquid courage, and like he he and takes a real pool from table outfit. This well, I like how he you know, he gives him the drink, some courage. That's yeah. like a nice thing Hector's doing. But he knows he's drinking a little too much. He snatches. He's like, I know. Yeah. He takes it away really fast. It's like yeah. I said, courage, not drunk. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but I mean, I probably would have got it, got as big as that. Like, yeah, I'm gonna drink this yeah, until really. it's taken away. If I'm in his position, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm telling you, his asshole is this tight, man. <laughs> you couldn't drive a nail through his ass. Um, they come across this creek. Like I said, the, the Ghost Nation guy shows up. Maeve tries to assert her ability to control other hosts. And it fails. Now, do we to, think there's a language barrier? Right. Um, the theory out there, when I did the homework, was is that the Ghost Nation is the older models. Like Maeve is, but yeah. Maeve's been upgraded. But the Ghost Nation hasn't. has not. So they're not on the same server or connection between other ones. And so they're not on the um, kill humans, you know, serve, what do you want to call it. Um, mm-hmm. Instead, they're still on their whatever protocol they're on. Now, the theory is is that the reason they took Grace from the lake and didn't kill her, the reason they only wanted well, we don't Sizemore... Know if they killed Grace or not. We don't, but you don't see it. Yes. So we're going to assume. Um, if you remember from season one, they took, what was it, Elise? Elsie. Elsie, that's right. Yeah, Elsie. They, they also took... Um, the Stubbs. 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 He didn't die. So, to me, there is a theory out there that the Ghost Nation is like a protocol to help humans if the shit hits the fan. And, oh, interesting. And so that possibly um, Elsie could be controlling him as part of the theory. I'm not so sure. See, well, like, and, like, it's pretty much the same theory, but like what I was reading was Elsie reprogrammed all of Ghost Nation because she was Bernard's underling and would know all of that. And she's just using them to save all of the humans. You know when we're going to know? When that previously on Westworld, it shows Elsie all of a sudden. Yes. This is like, where but the hell Elsie have you been? Elsie was taken yeah, really. by Bernard. Exactly. Yeah, that, she was that suffocated was, through Bernard, like through a blood chokehold. So it would just knock her unconscious right. for however long. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if Elsie's involved, but I do like the theory that the reason they only want humans is to save them, is to protect them in some form or fashion. And it's it would make sense that. That's why Maeve can't control them, and that's why they want humans. You know yeah. what I mean? Correct. Especially if we think Arnold 
No, not Arnold. Um, Ford, Ford. Ford still has some kind of control, you know, yeah. going on or some kind of protocol, you know, right? Yeah. Which it, I still firmly think Ford is still controlling all of this. To in some me, shape Ford. Ford is going to have the last laugh. We've got away from Ford so far this whole season, but I really feel like he's going to have the last laugh. No, he's had two yeah. major moments. And he just I, did that was early. I mean, early in the early in the first episode or two. No, no the second last episode, episode was it with uh, Gus's chicken. Yeah, Gus Fring comes in as Ford and's like, "You got to do this okay, alone." I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. You'll give it to us. It was painted. <laughs> <laughs> Easy, okay. I'm not a tiger. You're petting. Easy. Right? Um, I felt like I also I was thinking that Maeve couldn't Jedi mind trick Ghost Nation because she kind of flashes back to when she was on that, you know, the homestead scene where the Ghost daughter. Nation yeah, was about to was take her daughter. Yeah, she recognized the right. Uh, I feel yeah, like very true. Very, of very that true. trauma. Um, well, and speaking of uh, May's daughter, I want to throw this wild one at you. Uh, there's a lot of people thinking that it could be Charlotte. Right. Because, like, they're saying Charlotte was just there with her parents, but then Ghost Nation went off the rail and just actually legitimately killed him, or she was just lost. And then Maeve kind of adopted her, but then when William came in and killed Maeve... The daughter ran free, and that's Charlotte, and that's why she's Ooh, so. That's a. I mean, it's a bit of a bridge too far, to but me, it would explain the connection with Westworld. You, that means you have something that's growing in size. Yes. You know, to me, I don't. I don't feel that way. To me, Charlotte it has a better chance of being the other theory of Arnold's daughter that he didn't know about. Thus, his the first name is Charlotte, like his other son's name was Charlie. Like Charlie. Um, ah. And that the age is appropriate. But if Arnold never knew about her, or Bernard never knew about her, why would they name him the same? Well, because the mother. The mother that died immediately after? But the mother, we don't know that. Yeah, Remember, we don't even know if the mother's real. Originally, Bernard is moving his family close to the Westworld Park. Yes, Arnold. That we don't see them. Okay. Ever, yes. We know what's implanted in his mind about his son dying and stuff like that. It's very possible that Maeve and Charlotte, or whatever, or Maeve yeah. and the daughter, are the actual representations of his family. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that's a really good theory. Because, I mean, we already that's saw Sizemore. You know, I'm, I'm just saying, they've already implanted something in Bernard's mind. Now, we know Bernard has this attachment to Dolores being the original. Yes. And we know that Ford has already made members of his own family. True. You know, into bots. What would have stopped Arnold from or Bernard from making mem- his wife and daughter if something happened to them? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, no, uh, There's yeah. a lot of possibilities there. Like, I mean, I'm really liking what you're throwing in there. Maybe yeah, the I right like that age. Too. And the daughter would be the right age. And the fact that Charlotte, Charlie, yeah. is pretty close. Because he doesn't say his wife and son when they're looking at the house, him and Dolores. He just says, uh, my wife and kid. Wife and kid or my family. Or family, something like that. yeah. So uh, that's what, very possible. Yeah. What are you thinking, Kelly? I like that theory. I I, I, I like it. I, I'm not sure if it's like... 100% but I, I do like it I'd have to think about the timeline I mean the, the, the ages it seems work because it seems like like during season one Charlotte didn't work for me in so many ways but now that she seems 
I don't know, more on task in season two. I've kind of forgotten about her in terms of that whole scenario with Bernard and or potentially being um, Maeve's daughter. Because I'd heard, I think I'd either read it or thought about it myself, could she be Maeve's daughter? But I'm, I'm kind of digging this, um, what Jake just said about she could potentially be Bernard. Bernard's yeah. kid in a way. Especially kid. with how much time they yeah. spend on screen together. Yes. That'd be a nice little nugget to just like, oh, we put this right in front of you and y'all didn't right. even think about it. Right. Well, you know, that but would be... I feel like they haven't sh- they haven't made anything yet of Bernard and Dolores really, right? In that in that realm yet. They haven't planted any seeds really, right? I when mean, they're both on screen. Like affectionate or something? Yeah, anything anything to like potentially I... support it in more of a I haven't like gotten any kind of sexual. Oh, I, I, yeah, I haven't got any vibe like that. No. Yeah, no vibe yet. But I, I, I dig the theory. I like the theory. Well, Kelly, what do you think about the fact that, say, she is the flesh and blood of Arnold, right? Correct. Remember when right. they go into the bunker, they both can touch the door handle, mm-hmm. and it That's checks their true. DNA. If she is, if you know, if she touches the handle, it would pick up as Arnold. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what? The fact that you just brought that up makes me think that that's, that might not be true. Although, it looks like Ford did something to Bernard so that DNA could be even picked up, right? Cause exactly. Like, he, because he can touch the handle. he's a host, why would he have any DNA, supposedly? Right. But right. And he's able to touch the door handle as if a Person. either a, an owner or a guest or a human would be able to touch. All right. Well, here's right. one thing. Here's one thing. All right. If you remember... After episode two, they show a preview for the next episode. And if you look very carefully, there is a small scene, a flash of Charlotte next to three different Bernard robots. One, two of them have got like wounds and damage, and one's in plastic. To wow. me, and she's wearing the same outfit that she's wearing now, which is the white long sleeve shirt and the paint, you know, pants yeah. like that. So to me, if they've shown us that scene in a preview, that means that she knows what Bernard is. She has other versions of him. And not only that, that would make sense why he can open open up the door and not realize that he's been there or anything before uh-huh. because that's she knows exactly what he is and that's part of the pl- process. Um, so to me, that makes me feel like more like she is Arnold's daughter and that's how she's keeping Bernard rocking. Because she knows who he is and everything else, and this in her in that secret lab, and so um, that's what that, that's kind of how I feel. Of course, that's that, that little bitty nugget they put you in the preview, you know, that flashes across the screen that's, real fast. Is that why people are thinking? Because I don't watch any previews anymore. I just don't want to like Thank you. have those those potential uh, things. Like you're I just cash like drool it tells me too much. <laughs> but um, is that why people are thinking that they're like three Bernards or like two different? It, maybe that's. Where this is well, there is from. a theory of is that like Cash talked about. I'll give him credit on this: is that when he washes up on that shore, the Bernard is always worried about where his glasses are, and he's wearing a yeah. different shirt and vest. And then when you do the time loop, it's a completely different dressed Bernard, and he's he has his glasses, and they're important to him. Right. So they show the characteristics of two different guys, even though they're two different times, and right. they, they, they're 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 different, and so. That's to that's me. That's, that's what I think. What people are talking about more than anything. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So I think where we left off was is that 
Um, Ghost Nation had just stumbled upon Correct, 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 correct. Um, during the conversation, they go back to where they're back at the fort, and during the conversation, I think Dolores says something like, I want what, to, what is your plan? And Dolores says, I want to dominate their world. And he says, their world is, this world is nothing but a speck upon their world. Um, you know, kind of giving you symbolism of size. The world's yeah. too big for you to dominate. Correct, yes. Um, and then, you know, they go have some more exchanges and it goes back to that long speech they have. And then it cuts back to Maeve again and the, and the, the Sizemore's, you know, cussing because he's had to walk for so long downstairs. Um, and you have Hector and Maeve showing affection and he gets pissed off about it. Oh, he gets furious. Yeah. Um, which is cool though, is because it shows that you know he tells them you're not you're not programmed for that. You can't do that. The reason I know that is because I wrote your love story, and the whole reason why. And they come to find out that um, you know it was based on a love story that he had it and yeah. wanted to be. And I, I thought it was cool as hell is when um, Hector started talking lines like "You're my everything," and he recited the rest of the lines for him. Mm-hmm. And the look on Hector's yeah. face was priceless. He's like, mm-hmm. "Oh no, I really am just what you say. Yeah, I'm like a machine," you know. Yeah, uh, I thought Maze definitely- digs were fantastic. Like, cause like she's like, oh, it's this and this, and then like she discovers what he wrote it for. She's like, actually, no, it's just sad. And I was <laughs> yeah, like, really. damn, <laughs> like like holding hands, you know. Um, what were you thinking during that, Kelly? I mean, I definitely feel like the, the showrunners and the, the writers were saying, as much as these hosts are woke on different levels, they're still the chance of how much are they programmed like Hector is supposedly you know developing feelings for Maeve yet he's saying the same canned lines that Lee wrote for him and and it makes me think like for example Dolores as much as she seems fully woke and like on this war path of I'm going to dominate the world and kill everybody is she so programmed like it still makes me wonder how much of that is in her programming if at all and is it truly just her and her free will yeah or is it arnold stills right. entire process controlling everything that she's doing because i mean when Maeve Ford, says do you feel free that was a real thing yeah and i think Maeve is the only one who's really not on any kind of programming thing i think dolores still might be mm-hmm. so suddenly you hear gunfire in the background they go behind shelter, and you see this guy just running down the hallway on fire. Uh, now, I'm telling you, all right, who in here thinks that you're just going to continue to run down the hallway for at least 150 feet while you're sizzling? I mean, the first thing you're ever taught stop, drop, and roll. Exactly. Right? I mean, he's still toting a firearm on fire. You know what I mean? I, it was, I think it was just more about the rule of cool here. You Definitely. know, to me, yes, I'm on a fire, I'm with cash. I'm rolling around, I'm trying to get the clothes off me, I'm trying to do something. I'm not just sprinting down the hallway going, ah, the whole time. I'm just, I'm, you know. I'm, but of course we have to set up the rule of cool for you know who. Oh, yeah. Hector. That's next, right? Hector's woman. What's her name? Starts with like an A. Armistice. Yes. Armistice. Armistice, yeah. Um, and she has arm. Uh, yeah, she has a new arm now. Yes. And she has, she has a, a dragon. dragon. Yeah. I mean, Hector's a little like, HBO pun. You know, uh, just yeah, like, wait till you go to West or, uh, Westeros, Hector. Wait till you see a real dragon. Yeah. Um, but once again, super badass CG for her hand. Yes. And the robotic hand. Unacceptable tiger. <laughs> 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 uh, 
so she comes into the room and Felix is still alive. Felix is tied up and his douchebag friend is still there holding a grenade <laughs> under, under his, his chin, chin, man. It was awesome. And Armstrong is just like casually looking at it. It's like, you know, I'll, I'll let you sit with it a little bit longer. Yeah. And he's on there, grenade, you know, come on, man. Um, so is there a worse place to try to hold a grenade than underneath your chin? I mean, I guess it's better than putting it in your crotch, you know. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I got pretty strong legs. Cash, why'd you close your legs up when I said that, man? I was trying to think, like, how, how long could I hold a grenade there? Uh, it's like my life depends. Dude, dude. Okay. Um, so, <sighs> you made me lose thought again, man. You're killing me, dude. Um, so, they decide to team up, and, you know, I think that's awesome. Um, we go back and this is where, I think this is where, I think, is, it, is this about the time where you get all the badass vehicles come across stage? Yes. And, and the yeah, whole this is Charlotte Dolores. and the recon team basically yeah. are going to the Fort Forlorn. Right, 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 right. Um, must be the worst vehicles I'd wanted. What's up with yet. those vehicles? I mean, I, this, when I saw the second time, I was, I was more ticked by it because, if these QA responders or whatever and Charlotte and her team are going back to Fort Forlorn Hope, and I know that all of the hosts are, are, you know, fully off their loop, they're totally crazy, they want to kill everything, and you're trying to tell me that they're going to ride these vehicles that don't have any protection, no armory, no nothing, and then they're going to go on foot, just, like, walking into this, this camp? I think, and once see- again, they went for Rule of Cool, because I want one of these vehicles. They're super badass. Yeah, yeah. For sure, uh, I agree. Like, yeah, but we're not in a gunfight. Yeah. That's the reason they're super I, cool. <laughs> but I understand what you're saying. You know, they went for how cool it looks versus the practicality of it. Um, I it think it does look badass, cool. And they would have a bit of an ego going into this, knowing that they have assault rifles and body armor. I, I could see them well, having. I don't know if we can call a P90 an assault rifle, <laughs> sub machine gun, and their their body armor sucks ass. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I mean, the Henry repeating rifle is taking a few of them out, obviously. But, well, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't see, like, because a lot of it, like, they don't have sniper rifles here. Because they aren't assuming that these hosts are ever, you know, like, they don't have a lot of the equipment that we think they do. Because this event was never supposed to happen. But I tell you what I did True. miss. They had cannons and cannonballs. Yes. I would have loved to have seen some cannon fire at this row of machine gun toters. A hundred percent. Well, all right. Like I'll the just, Patriot taking yeah. off limbs and shit. Yeah, like I want to see this cannonball rolling. Like you said, delimbing people and everything. Yeah. All right. Right before the assault starts, the colonel talks about, all right, and his little, you know, his stooge, his lieutenant, talk about they put nitro nitro out there in locations, and the the, the light point is at the, the barrels at the base of the flag. Okay, that was a detail they showed us, right? Yeah. Yes. When the assault is coming... This is worse than like colonial army. They're just walking out there casually, hip shooting. Yes, yeah, they're not even. There's no they're strategic running, plan. There's no. Right. I mean, this is not Delta Force. This is this is <laughs> Bob and Jim in combat suit. You know, running out there like, look what I have—a P90. <laughs> yeah, there's no flanking or anything like yeah, that. They're just kind of all coming out. So you have several Confederate soldiers with repeating rifles, muskets. That's right. To me. Even though with this automatic fire, they should be dropping like it was hot out there. You see a couple Agreed. of them fall. Agreed. And then I showed Cash. We watched the episode again right before we started this pod. And I told him, I said, you know what pissed me off more about this? 
is that cannons were not used, like Cash, I mean, Jake, Jake said. said. Also, those P90s, they have over 150 rounds, over 100 round magazines on those things, right? They are shooting full bore. You do not see a single bullet hit, hit any. any of the structures around any Confederate soldier at any time during this assault. All you see is like small explosions where the yeah. cannonballs were and like that. And they were never shooting anything that would cause an explosion like that. And yeah, they were. Gunpowder barrels. That's okay. what they were hitting. Maybe so. All right. But still, that's you a lot never, of gunpowder barrels because you there's never a lot of see any of the bullets hit anything other than a guy falling, going, oh, you know, and throw his musket <laughs> down. And that guy only ever has one bullet hole. Right. And so a P90 shoots at an amazing rapid rate. And so it's not the chances of you getting hit by a singular round by one. And they are very tall, small rounds, by They're the way. They're tiny little there bullets. They are tiny little bullets, okay? I think it's like a 5.7. It's a tiny little thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you got hit with that thing, it doesn't make you fly off your feet and die like a dead fish before you hit the ground. It, you know, I'm just being it's, honest. It's an upgraded pellet gun. It's really? a little bit meaner than a 22. Right. And so the, 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 this is where that continuity and realism let me down on this episode is because what they're shooting... Yes, if you shot a guy three or four times that thing, yeah, okay, they're dead. I get it. But these guys were flying back like they were getting hit with cannons, <laughs> single shots, and everything else. It just didn't match. I mean, the one dude, when they're going through the side door, falls through the door. Right. And it's like you can't, you can post up on those things without anything. Right. The bullets it. would go right through them before they even could. They, it would feel like they're being tickled. It wouldn't like you know. It wouldn't anything like that. So. That really bothered me. And then, of course, like when Hale shows up and those two guys r- rush the two guys to the door, they both shoot. What did we say? At least five or six bullets in a yeah, short burst. A Each one of the guys had one bullet hole in his upper left chest or upper right chest, and they fall to the ground dead before they hit the gr- before they even hit the dirt, uh, <laughs> which is so false. You know, if it got hit in the head, maybe. Um, and so all this guns fight. I think it was supposed to be really cool, but I'm sitting there looking at it going, gosh, damn, they're messing this up. That don't look agree, right. Agree, agree. So much agree. I don't even know nearly the stuff about guns that you guys do, but I just felt like for all of the shooting and whatnot that seemed to be going on, the fight, the whole showdown overall was, I don't know, it just let me down. I, I also, like, it didn't feel like it was as big as they built it up to be. Yeah, it just, I don't know. It just didn't match. You know, to me, yeah. I thought... When I think of HBO and epic fight scenes, I think of like Game of Thrones, the you know the bastard yeah. and the you know the, the last couple of episodes. I mean, like some of those things, and they're just you know fifty five days to shoot how epic and you know this is. This felt like yeah. it was shot in two days. Let's get through On it. Your buddy's camera, right? You know, it just didn't match what I thought the quality they could do. You know, it, it was like thinking about the tiger. The tiger was weak sauce, and this was the fight kind of <laughs> ended that way too. Um, so the all confet- this is going on, right? The Confederates are losing terribly. Um, you know, they're, they're just getting mowed down right and left. Um, so Dolores's masked army decides to close the doors, put the, the pin on it, and when all the Confederates are lining up against this door, which I told Cash, one guy with a P90 could mow that down, all 20 yeah, of those guys. The whole crew. The whole crew in one, one guy with that the way that gun shoots. Uh, not a single one of them looks like they're dying from multiple individuals, full <laughs> auto, shooting at the door, uh, which just, just is so unfathomable. Um, then they pull out their Colt 45s and start Mowing single shot down. through the doors, taking folks out right and left, um, which was cool. That This actually looked real. This actually was, it, that's how it would actually look in my mind. 
if you're shooting a revolver through a wood door and hitting people on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when all of Hale and those soldiers get close to the door, um, the badass chick gives, with, yeah, gives the a signal. signal to Armistice. She lifts the flag, which I thought was... No, this is not Armistice. This is not Armistice. This is this is that cutthroat Angela. Killer. Yes. You know who that is, right, in real life? It's Elon Musk's ex-wife twice over. Yes, I did know that. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. This is pre-Amber Heard stuff? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even know about Amber Heard, but the only reason I knew about Angela was because Elon Musk was in the news today about dating some other artist or whatever, and then I remember reading about how Angela is divorced from him twice, wow. which for whatever reason tickles me. <laughs> Mm. I mean, yeah. I, I probably would have given it a second chance with Elon. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean Cash, you are single. Make it happen, baby. He's probably our nation's hope. So let's. Uh, well, and he's South African. So cut him some like, slack. Oh no, he's we've, we've adopted, adopted him. him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll trade you the country just to have Elon. <laughs> um, all right. Did y'all notice when she gets ready to shoot the nitro, the barrel of the gun is pointed. At least thirty degrees away from the flag. I paused this. I, I should have took a picture of it and put it on Facebook. I'm like, <laughs> what in the shit is she shooting at? Camera angles, bro. When, yeah. Camera and when she Camera pulls angle, the trigger, exactly. it explodes under the flag. I was like, oh, damn. No. Yeah, but there would have been a shitty camera angle if they tried to do it correct. You would have yeah. Guess what? It was gun. shitty anyway. <laughs> you weren't thinking about the wind blowing oh, in the opposite my. direction. You think you the know? wind's <laughs> gonna make a difference in third game? Oh my god! There's a tornado <laughs> in the background. It was you wanted. No, curve it was wanted. That's right. Curve the bullets. <laughs> Damn. It was uh, actually Angelina Jolie making yeah. that shot. Okay. But while that's going on and stuff, Bernard's still with uh, Peter. Peter. Right. And this is where he finally gets... He's showing that he's, he's uh, shaking more. Mm-hmm. But he finally unlocks this encrypted file. And so do we mm-hmm. think he's shaking more because he needs more brain, brain fluid? We don't know. We he's, don't know. Yeah. There's a theory about this. We'll get into... So when he finally opens it up... Man, I'm freeze framing this. Slowly but surely. And what's the name of this file, Cash? Uh, it's it's uh, like short for Peter Abernathy with a bunch of numbers. Yeah, so it's essentially like p.aber underscore, and then it spells out passengers, but with a bunch of ah. letters and numbers. Right. Dot key. And what is the title of the last episode this season? The Passengers. So, ding, ding, ding. To me, that's a big deal. All right. And how do you get to Westworld on a train? train. Right. I've, I'm telling you, this is the info on the guests. So you're thinking it has to be guests with like all of guest info because it, well I mean there's got to be something because Bernard is immediately shook as soon as he opens yeah it. he opens he's, like, he's like oh my god oh my yeah, god yeah oh my god and like I don't know if y'all have ever looked at code or anything yeah but you're not gonna look at code and be like oh my god I know exactly what this is right yeah but True. if it's if it says like blood type so and so. You know, so protocol, like, whatever. For all we know, this could be something that shows the kills. end game yeah. Westworld. Kills. Yeah. Uh, rapes. Um, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> Clinton, Don't go any farther. Don't yeah. go any farther. It's yeah. getting dark. Um, but, uh, so... Oh, God, those would be terrible. <laughs> did you notice the symbol for Delos that showed up on the middle screen, worked its yeah. way down to the bottom right It was corner. like as soon as he opened it up, it was yeah, that right. symbol. Did you also notice, yes. if you go back to Jungle Jane, Grace, whatever you want to call her, okay? Yes. When she opened her notebook, 
I took a picture Samsung. of this and put it on Facebook. Yeah, I saw it. It showed a map, and there was the Delos symbol on the right side. It's kind of generic looking, but it looks just like it on the and far right. And also, rest. when um, Hale in, I guess it was episode two, when she and Bernard first go down, you know, where we see the host drones, those white, huge figures. Yeah. Right. When she's keying in, you see that really briefly, too. You see that, like, you know, hexagonal linkage thing Correct. also. Um, to me, I think this is all clues. This is what makes me think Grace is important and somehow connected to Delos. Um, and like I said, that's just another big nugget. I mean, that's why you give that person a cold opening and just, yes. you know, do all that. You know, not to see a shit-ass tiger. I mean, um, I mean <laughs> agreed, <laughs> just, agreed. Uh, so that's how that goes. All right, so after she shoots 30 degrees away from the barrel and it lands on it, wanted <laughs> style, it explodes, takes out most of the entire force. Um the lieutenant is pissed off that his men have been sacrificed. Goes down, goes down there. Well, no, I mean before all that, like she, see, Dolores sees uh, Abernathy. That's correct. Yeah, or Peter, her dad, getting taken away. That is correct. But That's before a- that, they break in and steal him, and Bernard rips the cord out and everything, and puts it in his pocket, and puts it in his pocket because there's a huge theory that Bernard transferred the files from Peter, either into himself or onto the tablet. Mm-hmm. I say on the tablet, right. we watched it in slow-mo, it doesn't ever show him put it in his body. Yeah. But the other thing here is too is, is that we see him go in that corner, put the cord in his pocket. They take Peter Abernathy away, correct? Yep. The next time you yes. see Bernard, he's, he's already outside of the uh, out of that room. For all you know, he plugged it in, uploaded himself, and that is the reason he's shaking so bad is because he can't handle the file load. Yes. So to me, that is when you see him start. He can't walk properly. Mm -hmm. His hand is uncontrollable. And, you know, and he gets taken by Clementine. And that would explain why he doesn't really freak out after they take Peter and everything is because he knows he has the important information. It it could honestly explain why he doesn't need his glasses anymore, too. That and you notice he didn't have the tablet anymore when he went outside also. Yeah, if he's taking on other personalities or whatever information he's pulling in mm-hmm. from, you know, uploading himself, then it's possible he doesn't need the glasses occasionally. You know what I'm saying? That's fair. Yeah. Abernathy's flipping in and out. Not only that, when you see him at the end, when you see all the bodies in the ocean, including Teddy. Yep. By the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you see Teddy Just, in there? Did you see him in there? Was this could be the reason he says, I killed him, because it could be talking about one of the other personalities... That's maybe in control of him now. That's the reason he doesn't need his glasses. That's the person talking. And the reason he doesn't recognize everything that's going on or everything else. So there's a lot of possibilities there. To me, I'm leaning towards, since he didn't have the tablet anymore, that he has uploaded himself, whatever the file is that he got from Abernathy. That is the reason he's shaking real bad. That is the reason we, you know, where we are now. But let me say, when he's stumbling around, when he's even a in chains or ropes, mm-hmm. he has the tablet somewhere in his pockets. So we don't know if he has the tablet anymore. Man, that thing looks like an iPad Pro, a 12 incher. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not when you put it in your pocket. You Remember, know they fold up. They fold. That's true. You three, got me. Three fold. You got me on that. So I mean, infinite battery life. We don't see him you, carrying it around while he's running around with Hale in the woods. Yet, he didn't have it then, though. Yes, he does. Because remember, they they're they're pulling people down and checking them. They rewire. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. This is like this is like in his back pocket, like a wallet, man. Yeah. Just so because you, you don't see him toting it around doesn't mean he doesn't have right. it. Right. You got me on that one, man. You got <laughs> me. But 
the shakes becoming so severe makes me think he's uploaded himself. But they are showing the shakes before yes, they he's are. uploading, for Correct. sure. They just become a lot more prevalent yes. after the fact. I agree with Very that. Very much so. Um, so, like you said, a lieutenant goes down, he's pissed. They, knock, they hit him and knock him out. Dolores goes after Abernathy. Uh, Teddy runs behind him. She goes outside and two supposedly sharpshooters. Because guess what we saw a minute ago? <gasps> they shot seven times, killed a guy with one bullet to the yeah. chest. The door didn't even hit him in the wall behind him or anything else. So these are crack shots. I mean, the best we've ever seen. <laughs> and they are the, his best men. They are Correct. Stubbs' best men. Dolores walks out and is approaching them as also in a contrasted outfit, which means she is wearing all white. She has blonde hair. Would be a much easier visual target coming at you. Then two guys in gray suits against a wooden wall. Would you correct me? I couldn't. So they shoot, graze her side, her love handle, get her shoulder, <laughs> and she's able to mow both of them down with a single shot. Pardon you. What love handle? <laughs> <laughs> Not existing. Yeah. Yeah, hey, like, look, I have love handles. We all have love handles in my world. I, I don't think that's how the logic works there. Like, <laughs> I like to think so. I like to think so. Yeah. Okay. No. We all, we all can't be tens like Kelly, okay? Y'all need yeah. to comment down, okay? All right? So, to me, this... I was not expecting her to go out there commando. I mean, I wasn't expecting them to somehow hit a person with a single shot with a what sounded like fully automatic rounds either. Right, I'm but. with you on that as well. Uh, not only that, Teddy was directly behind her. Didn't even get touched. No. Not even grazed. And he didn't do anything. No. Yeah. He, he looked good in the hat. I mean, that's, I think that's he all he for it. But we've seen this dude, super gunslinger. Yes. You know, take out a squad of people. But I don't know. I, uh, uh, yeah. And, and if she's ever in any danger, he like is immediate, you know, jumps in front. Yeah. And yeah. killing squad. Uh, this time, yeah, he's like in a daze. Yeah, all right. Was anybody else confused by the fact that when she got shot, it, like it didn't even hardly bother her at all? No, because she knows that she's not supposed to die. Like she's re- okay, removed. So that's what a lot of people say. I want to make sure we were all on the same page on that. Um, so, she, like I said, she takes a shot in the side, takes a shot in the shoulder. Uh, the side shot doesn't hardly even bleed. The shoulder has got, you know, yeah, it's a coming long, down long a trickle. Bit. A little inconsistent with that. Okay, whatever. Um, Hale and Abernathy get away. Okay. And this is about the time that uh, Clementine comes out, takes out Bernard, hitting with the butt of the gun, and starts dragging him off. Super soldier dragging people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just... <laughs> it's no Dolph, problem. She's got the Dolph Lundgren, you know, profile oh, in me. her right now. Um, yeah. All right. So, there's a lot of people upset because she got the same procedure Abernathy got done back in the end of season one, where she's like lobotomized or, you know, yeah. repurposed. Why is she able to control herself and do this when Peter Abernathy is not able to? A lot of people have that, you know, confusion of, you know, what where to me, like he's got all these giant file messing him up. The file, yeah. And she's just like, you know, super robot killer. You know But I forgot. Who wakes up Clementine? I'm not sure. Doesn't Maeve come across her? I think Maeve did, yeah. Okay, well, we know Maeve can communicate. Yes. Definitely between hosts. Upgraded host. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Well, we know she's a, new, a newer well, host. If you're so. in the Central, Central Park, wherever she was, you could. It's not the one, it's the ones in the outlier she didn't have control of. Right. And she has Felix wake her up, I think. Bring her back. You, I think you I, are right. I think it's what happened. I'm not she saw her. I think she saw her being worked on when she came in. And that's when she wakes up Clementine, unbeknownst to anyone else. 
something like that. Um, I, I'm like I said, I could possibly be mistaken on that, but I think she woke her up, and I think Maeve has shown the, the power to fix, you know, however yes. she likes. You know uh-huh. what I mean? And if she had Felix, Felix has the pad and can do whatever he wants Very at true. the time. So, yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So I think we're all okay with Clementine. Yeah. Plus, I mean, she looks super badass. She does, man. I mean, she, oh, there ain't no doubt. Um, like if if Maeve woke her up, Maeve and Felix and or whoever, if they woke Clementine climb Clementine up, why isn't she with those guys? Why is she with Dolores? How did I, she get with Dolores and? Well, Teddy? Clementine was a part of the group. The, the masked men that attacked the uh, the dinner gala. Uh, right, okay. And so she Dolores became in charge okay. of those people when that happened. That dinner, okay. Right. Okay, so um, Teddy has been told to kill the lieutenant and the rest of the Confederates on the side, you know, out back like a dog. Mm-hmm. He goes out back there, um, He and he folds under pressure. He shoots the wall above him and tells him to go. Dolores watches this. And has this large look of disappointment. Um, a lot yes. of just folding under pressure, or just like him actually finally making a choice for himself. I think it's just part of who he is. You know, he's not going to kill somebody who's defenseless. Well, this guy also struck a nerve. Yeah, you have to think. I mean, he hit the old cliche of uh, "we're just, not that different yeah. from each other." <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> the classic right before you get shot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> your papa bounced you on your knee to, or on his knee too. It's like okay. Yeah. Uh, again, all right. So do, a lot of people are like, "Well, this is the reason Teddy dies later is because you know he folds." Uh, I think it's too early to make that the assertion. Yeah, I mean, Dolores has already come out and told us how important Teddy is to her. So to say that, you know, we're already trying to leap to say Teddy's not going to make it outside of the fact that he's died a bajillion times. No, see, I, I think the other way. I think they made that moment where she tells him, you're all I have left, mm-hmm. for then him to basically betray her or disappoint her, however you want to say it. I think she now thinks... I'm I got all to, alone. I, yeah, I've got to destroy everything. Like I'm alone. Saying. And now Teddy's not worthy of coming with me. Whoo! I don't know, man. I don't no, know. Remember she I, yeah, says no, no, it. Like, I, I mean, I'm with you. I feel she, you. I feel she, you, man. She quotes to that Ghost Nation guy before Again, she shoots yeah. him. We're not all worthy or something. We're not all right. worthy to make it to the end or whatever she says. Uh-huh. I, she's making those decisions on the fly. She like, is. who's coming and who's not. All right. You know, you just brought up a good point. She's killing Ghost Nation ones, and we're we're theorizing that they can't be controlled because they're trying to help humans and this and so on. And does this help confirm it by that they're out there killing Ghost Nation Indians? She's killing anybody though. Native Americans. She's killing anybody. Yeah, like she's not. She's not selective. Yeah. Okay. I I just thought it was you know you brought up a good point. Um. <laughs> She's like Thanos. Not all of us can make it. Only half. Oh, good lord. <laughs> lord. Have... Shh. Spoiler alert. If you haven't Spoiler seen alert. it within that's two weeks, one. that's on you. Yeah, really, man. Right? Either you're dust or you're not. Oh, oh, easy. Man. Easy. <laughs> Come down there, rabbit. Yeah, Come down. All right. All right. So this is actually about the time that the woman comes out of the lake and the, the ghost nation takes her yes. during yes. the episode. It's right, right there at the end. Okay, but then it cuts to the last part, which is Maeve, Hector, 
and uh, Sizemore and you know the little group, and they come up. They are in a new park. This is Shogun Park, and where they see a fire in the distance, they see snow for the first time. Well, are they in? Shogun? No. Yeah. No, they are. They are. Sizemore thinks they're in the like northernmost mountain range of Westworld. But they're okay. not. They're they, not. They've gone under and come up in the new Shogun Park. Gotcha. Yeah, he mentions that he thinks they're near the Klondike narrative, which right. I guess is right. He says is ho- close to the homestead, which is where Maeve eventually wants to go. Correct. True. But what about this though? Just out of curiosity, we know a tiger has now crossed the boundary. We know mm-hmm. Grace has crossed the boundary. Is it possible that something from Shogun World has crossed into the West World? That's what I. I was... think I'm I'm with you, Jake, on that. I think I feel like the Shogun has crossed over because the way that that Shogun comes at Maeve at the very end, I just feel like I don't know. Maybe I feel like they're not yeah. quite fully think, in Shogun World yet. I don't think so at all. Just just because. Again, I hate to say it. The preview after episode one ah. shows Maeve in a full Shogun, you know, uniform, geisha outfit, right. geisha outfit with a samurai sword. To and I think the snowing is the key. Like you would never yeah, see snow right. in Westworld. Well, no. That's true. So if Sizemore says we must be in the Klondike region, yeah, that means there's snow so, up there. Okay, well, I can give you that. I can give you that. But to me, I don't think so. I think they've I've gone into the Shogun world. I think this is on purpose that they showed us at the end where you see uh, Sizemore pull the head of a you know a warrior right. out of the snow and you know we got to get out of here yeah and uh, obviously like he knows what yeah. that is and what that means and then uh, you see a sword you know a sword toting bad guy or samurai whatever r- rushing them as they're at the fire so do we think Maeve could control them or do you think that they're on a completely different operating system? I would assume she can't control them. See, I think that, that she, she can. Is that you said? To. That she can't. She she can't. Mm-hmm. <sighs> to me, I think she's going to be able to. I think she should be able to, unless there's a language barrier. Code is the language of everything. One to zero is like the Matrix, man. Come on, dude. But I mean, if you're always speaking in English, like that's why I kind of thought she couldn't speak to the Ghost Nation was because. They just didn't understand her. I don't know. Uh, but programming. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Good cash. Good. I know what you're I know what you're trying to yeah. say. But I see I feel like Westworld had its home base, you know what I mean? Like its server. Mm-hmm. It's, it pr- it handles it's everything. thing that handles its stuff. And then it looks like it would have another one of those in Shogun World and Raj World. But if it but I mean we saw Raj World, they freaked out too and started killing people. I think that was just to show us a timeline. Truly just to show us a timeline of everything was fine, and then suddenly right. the host started killing everybody to show how that, even at this world, when the shit hit the fan, that's when the shit hit the yeah. fan there too. Okay. It, just, I agree it was with just that. a way of combining the storyline and showing us a shitty tiger and her jumping off a hundred foot cliff. <laughs> that's what it was designed yeah. for. Okay. Maybe. Well, uh, yeah. Maybe. I mean, we'll find out next week, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I really think that Maeve will be able to control everything in Shogun World like she is in Westworld. All right. So that's credits. That's in the episode. And there's one other theory out there. And I just, it's really not, it's a theory, but it doesn't have much substantiate. I just want y'all's opinions on it. Is, is that the reason Peter Abernathy is chosen, the reason he's chosen is because he is the 
the copy or new version of the original Delos yeah. head guy. That is the theory. Ah. Okay, is that they look similar. That he's the head of a household, you know, of a ranch. If you even look at the Westworld map on some of the things, like Abernathy land or um, how, like it has its own insignia, which is very important to where it is. I mean, like they make a real big deal about the name Abernathy. He's the only character Abernathy, you know, all that stuff. And so like that he is the... Is Dolores not Abernathy? She's just called Dolores. Okay. You know, um, so what do y'all think about that? No. That maybe that's part of the reason why he's so why he was chosen why he was so important. I, you remember when they pick it, Hale just kind of walks into the pile of people standing there and she yeah, goes him. that one. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think he was in the front, was he? He was, okay. but I, it didn't seem purposeful. It, it just seems seem like she was like, yes. that one will do. You know, I don't, I don't know. It, he, it would, you would think, and I think there's a reason why he's still around. Because he might be the only one that can kind of cow Dolores a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If, some, if somebody gets a hold of Abernathy and reprograms him to, you know, kind of bring Dolores down a little bit. It could work. It could work a little bit just because she has feelings for him. Yeah. You know, they're programmed into her, but she has memories of him, of him too. True. So he could be important later on for that. Right, 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 right. He could be like her anchor or everything. Like, okay, I need to come back and calm down or something like that. I don't I know. I don't know how they're going to work it out. Yeah. yeah. I think it's too early. I don't think there's anything not to say yay or nay. To me, I'm going to go with a nay on that. You got anything, Kelly? You think yay or nay? I agree. I, I don't think so. Because I, I, I think I agree with what Jake said that when um, Abernathy was picked, when, when Charlotte went in, I feel like it was pretty random. Yeah, I so, think so. Yeah, I don't. I'm gonna say for now, nay. Also, okay. But uh, but definitely, he's Dolores's weak spot. I mean, if she has feelings for anyone, it's definitely for Papa Abernathy. I don't even think that what she says to Teddy that it's just you and me. I don't. From the get go, I've never really bought their love affair, their whole you know relationship thing. I just can't really get yeah, so behind I, that. I'm with you on that. I've always thought she just kind of. You know, been leading Teddy on just to bring. Him. I agree. So, totally. yeah, it won't surprise me when she greases him. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I agree. I agree. Love is brutal. Yes, yes, it is. So, you know, that was my last theory. Cash, did you have another one at all by chance? Not one that I really want to bring up right now. There, there's okay. a few that are just a little too far out there. Yeah, and um, you know, and this was one time where the previews were not. Not great when it comes to things. I mean, that's wonderful. Cause yeah. Let's not terrible. talk about it because yeah, Kelly I say, doesn't like the previews. Yeah, well, well, exactly. Let's do it for Kelly. Let's do it for Kelly. Yeah, you, you too. <laughs> y'all, don't, y'all don't respect my opinion. So like, why, why am I going to try to talk Again, the adults are talking. Easy over. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So we'll cut off the previews on this one. There's no doubt. But uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I was super pumped with the episode. Um you know, the only mm-hmm. thing I would say, you know, don't get me wrong. There were some details yeah. I didn't care for throughout different things like that. Which was just odd, <laughs> you know, for yeah, such a detail-oriented exactly. show. Um, I hate that we didn't get a Men in Black part, but I think that there was no room for it whatsoever. Um, I, you know, I was missing a little bit of, you know, Ed Harris on the episode. Yeah. Know, something there. I, but I think the next episode is going to be heavy on him. Um, and so it's kind of cool there. It was cool to see uh, Another World. 
uh, the beginning of another world, you know, that we're going to get to explore. Uh, the show is just, man, it just it feeds your appetite so well. I'm just really, really enjoying it. Really, really enjoying it. Uh, yeah, you know, I, your bum's going to say something? Or are you going? Well, to I just. What's <laughs> it again? The show is at such a high level, like it keeps your expectations so high. So when you come into an episode like this that actually missed on a couple little details, the tiger and the gunfight, you know, were not spectacular. It it kind of grounds you a little bit on this show, which keeps you floating most yeah. of the time. So I, I'm not going to complain too much. I've watched too much shit television to whine about small details on a, a great show. So that's fair. Totally. For me, the best part was definitely the beginning, just because I thought for sure, because I don't watch the previews, I knew we would get Shogun World at some point, and I thought we would go there this first. episode. But when they detoured to this Raj world, immediately it was so beautiful, it was so well shot, the music, the sitar, the, the white stripes, like, you know, cover. Oh, it was, it was awesome. The Seven Nations Army. Yeah. yeah. It was so beautiful, and I, I love the detour, and I thought... For me, the best part of it was that those two, well, I guess eventually if Grace is the one that's going to be super important, but I love seeing the different world and that world building was awesome. Agreed. I would have to agree with you. Like I initially, I was like, great. I missed my show because Westworld's not on because I was like, oh, I have no <laughs> idea what's going on. Like, I had to get info. And like, I just thought it's a completely different tone than anything Westworld has done. Yeah. Yes. And that's what I really enjoyed about that cold open and everything. And then. Agreed. Just, I mean, there's a lot of character building, I think, throughout the episode, and I'm interested to see where Maeve goes and just how powerful she is. Right. Because I really mm -hmm. think that she's stronger than what we've even begun to see. But we'll see that in the mm -hmm. next episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, I hope so. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Uh, guys, I, you know, we've been rocking it. I think this is what we're going to call it a night. I, can't, I think we all can agree having Kelly on the show has been absolutely fantastic. You were amazing. Uh, just, oh, my God. You guys you guys are fantastic, and it was such a pleasure to, to tag along for an episode. It was awesome. Well, I, I, I'm not afraid to say I think we need, to, we need to do this again, you know, down the road. You know? <laughs> I mean, just – I mean, I'm definitely yeah, in. your voice is way better to listen to than these two bums. Let me go ahead and tell you. <laughs> and, uh, if only I could be there, that we would not yes, stop laughing. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but again, thank you so much for being a part of it, Kelly. Thank uh, you guys so much. Thank you. Um, that was awesome. Can't, can't Make sure you check her out on Facebook, Twitter. Like, What are your handles? Yes. Um, let's see. I'm on Twitter, Kelly Choi. And you can definitely find all my other socials on Instagram at kellychoi 7 so go. that's that's a good landing point for all my other stuff. Absolutely, and guys, check her out on Facebook. She does some great cooking tips and other things. I mean, she's just she's all well-rounded, amazing, and <laughs> very. We're very very happy we got to have her on tonight, and look forward to having her again. Uh, but we're going to call it a night. This is Bleed TV, and I'm Zach, and I'm Jake, and I'm Cash, and I'm Kelly, and we're going to call it a night. See <laughs> y'all next week. Thank you guys. Week.